Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew is the first book in your New Testament. If you're holding the entire Bible in your hands, it'd be like three quarters of the way through. Matthew chapter 7. Before I jump in, uh, I'd like to ask, so how you doing? How you really doing? <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And some of us, if we're really being honest about that, we might say, I feel stuck. Might be stuck in a sin. Stuck in a habit that we can't quite shake. Might feel stuck. Some of us, if we're answering that question and we're really honest, we might say, you know, I'm really concerned about and you'd put somebody's name in there that you're really concerned about. Maybe a, a middle schooler or a high schooler or your college kid or, or your kids as they struggle in their marriage or struggle with their parenting. You, you, you might have a name that you're really, really concerned about. So if you, if you were really honest, you might say, oh, I have this big need that I just can't quite... I don't know how God's going to meet it. You know, like I, rent is going to come due again, and I don't know what we're going to do about that. Some of you might say, I need a car, and my car is broken, and a transportation is a thing in Allegan, and I, I don't know. Like, so we might have a need. What I'm talking about this morning, what Jesus is inviting us to do is to keep on praying about what you're struggling with, about what you're asking about. Keep on praying about that. Not just once, but you're going to pray about that again and again and again and again. So by the end this morning, when we circle back around, I'd like you to be able to fill in this blank. I will keep on praying about what will you keep on, keep on praying about. We're in a series called Next Steps, and um, the where we started was we said, okay, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount, and we've walked all the way through the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' teaching on the Mount. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it sounds like. It's the largest block of Jesus' teaching that, we've, that we have. We've been here since August. We've kind of walked paragraph by paragraph and sometimes line by line through the Sermon on the Mount. You don't hurry through the Sermon on the Mount. And we said, okay, after we finished Matthew 6, we said, okay, if we buy this, you know, if you're all in and you say, I'm in, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because I am hungering and thirsting after righteousness. I am in. I am, I just, I want to pursue God. I'm done with living a my will be done life and I'm going to live a God's will be done life. I'm in. We said, where do people need to start? We said, not where they normally start. Where people normally start is that means I'm going to fix you. <laughs> I'm going to fix them. I'm going to fix her. Or I'm going to fix him. And we said, where Jesus calls us to start is with me. So I will start with me was last week. If you do that, you may find <laughs> that you are a difficult person to work with. There's easier material out there than your own self sometimes. 
And so this might be what you're praying about of, I need help because I am stuck with me and I can't fix me. That might be the logical order of this teaching. Okay, so before we jump into Matthew chapter 7 and read it, let me pray. Lord, I ask that you stand in front of me while I'm in front of them, that you talk over me while I talk to them. Lord, do this for your name's sake so that you are glorified, so that your kingdom comes, so that your will is done here on earth as it is already being done in heaven. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we are in Matthew chapter 7, and... I'm just going to ask a really dumb question as I start this. And my question that I probably, I mean, you probably shouldn't be allowed to ask it in church, but I'm going to ask it is, do you believe this? Because I'm telling you, I like the Bible. I'm for the Bible. I'm a Bible guy. And I'm telling you, I don't know if I live like I believe this. When I read this, you ask yourself, do I believe this? Do you, mean, do you believe this? Do you live like this is true? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Ask, and it might be given to you. What does it say? Do you believe that? I mean, is that true? Do you agree with that? Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. Okay, you might count these promises. There, you're going to see, I won't tell you the number because then you wouldn't count. But you're going to see, I already know the number, you're going to see promise after promise after promise after promise that God answers our prayers. And you might be asking, is that true? Do you believe that? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. How many do you want? Three. Yep. Ask, seek, knock, and the promise is there again and again and again. You will find. It will be opened. You will receive. For everyone, that's probably my favorite word in this whole passage. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. For everyone who asks, receives man. Do you believe that? Would somebody, would an outsider looking at your life say, well, obviously they believe that because they're praying all the time. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. How many are we on? Six. Now Jesus will give us illustrations of this same point, that God will answer your prayers. So which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? You know, it might be like, at your house it might be like, if his son asks him for fruit snacks, will give him a rock. You know how to be a good parent. You know how to feed your kid. How much more does God know how to take care of you? How much more? So why not ask? 
Or, if he asks for a hot dog, we'll give him a snake. My kids have never asked for fish. <laughs> Ever. I don't know. They've asked for hot dogs and oatmeal and hamburgers and fruit snacks and granola bars. Never a fish. But that's what they ate then, is fish. So, if your son asks for a fish, which one of you is going to give him a snake? Like, you... You know how to be a good parent. How much more does God know how to be a good parent? So why don't you ask? If you then, who have a sin nature and are evil, you're bent, you're corrupted by sin. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father who is in heaven give good things? Okay, now these last couple words are really important. What are these last couple words? That's right. To those who ask him. So you do have to ask. You do have to ask. You do have to ask. James says we have not because we ask not. And when we do ask, we ask with selfish motives. You do have to ask. So if there's one truth about God that I want you to have from this, one truth about God that you have to have, it's that God gives good gifts. Like if you, if you just only remember one thing about God, remember that, that God gives good gifts. And so to try to illustrate this, I would just tell you that God is not like Zeus. So, in, um, in Greek mythology, Aurora is the goddess of the morning. And she falls in love with a mortal. And this mortal is tall, strong, and handsome. Like, he's so awesome, a goddess falls for him. Okay? And they fall in love, and they're going to get married. And Zeus asks, so what do you want for a, for a wedding gift? And Aurora says, I want this mortal that I'm in love with to live forever. And Zeus says, done. But what Aurora didn't ask for is for him to stay young and strong forever. And so he continues to age and age and age and age and get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and more and more and more and more miserable. Did Zeus give Aurora and this mortal a good gift? No, it was a terrible gift. It was kind of a gotcha gift. And the point is, your Heavenly Father is not like that. Your Heavenly Father is not up in heaven waiting for you to pray the wrong thing so he can be like, ha ha, gotcha. That's not what he's doing. He's like a dad waiting for the kid to ask for fish so he can give him some fish or a hot dog or a granola bar or whatever it is. But he's actually better than that. He's actually better than an earthly father. And that's what Jesus says. If you, being evil, if you know how to give gifts, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give good gifts? So, like, what was it like, this is going to get personal, what was it like for you to ask your dad for something? 
What was that like? Some of us might say, my dad was never there, so I couldn't ask him for anything. Some of us might say, my dad was so self-absorbed, you know, when I asked him for something, he just didn't even really hear, or he would complain the whole time, or it would just be, it would not be, it, just, it was just better if I just did it myself. Some of us might say, my dad tried hard to give us everything. He tried so hard, he gave us as much as he could. He was so incredibly generous. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, how would my kids, how would my four sons answer if I said, how does it go when you ask dad for something? My guess is they would say, to a man, they would say, he always made us earn it. <laughs> I remember my oldest son saying to the other ones, don't make a deal with dad. It always sounds good. But you end up doing so much more work in the long run. I don't know what kind of a dad you had. I don't know what kind of a dad you are. I don't know. But I know that on my best day, on your best day, on your dad's best day, we are but shadows of our Heavenly Father. He knows how to give good gifts. So ask. Please ask. God gives good gifts to those who ask him. So what should we do? Well, I mean, you already know. We should ask. Ask, seek, and knock. I mean, this is the point of the passage that you see over and over again. We saw six times Jesus said this so that maybe it would sink in. Ask because he answers. You know, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Jesus says this again and again and again. Like, if, if you didn't believe there was any point in asking, then why ask? But Jesus is saying there is a point in asking. He will answer, so keep on asking. Asking might be like the idea of like raising your hand and asking. Like just, I mean, God... I need help with this. Seeking might be, might be like seeking for answers and seeking, prayerfully seeking God. What, what do we do about this? God, help me see the answer to this. God, just show me the way forward with this. God, help me find. It might be like searching the scriptures and seeking. Knocking, knocking is its own thing. Anybody ready for me to stop yet? Jesus said, this is awesome when you pray like that, when you just keep on knocking. Like, like for me, I'm just going to confess and be vulnerable. When my kids keep on asking, I'm like, I gave you an answer. If you ask me again, you won't like it. And when we keep on asking God, he's like, I love that. Keep doing that. Ask, you know, knocking might be like fasting. When we're fasting and praying for an answer, that might be like knocking. Like, God, I need an answer. I really, really need an answer. Please give me an answer to this. We ask, we seek, we knock. 
here's, here's what I remember I said, what my favorite word was in this, and maybe it will be your favorite words. It was there in verse uh, 8, for, and then the, there's my favorite word, everyone who asks receives. So in my Bible, I have that circled, and then I have the Greek word written next to it, because I always want to remember that's actually there. It's there in the Greek too. And if you're a nerd like me and you want to know what the Greek looks like, there it is. But it's, it's everyone who asks. Everyone. Now you might be like, well, I don't know. What about, what about if you have a really small amount of faith? What does the text say? It says everyone. What if you're like... I don't know, man. What if you have really old faith? Old faith that's like on life support. That's kind of half dead. What if you have old faith? What does it say? It says everyone. You might be like, well, what if you have brand new faith and it's kind of fragile and you're a brand new Christian? What does it say? It says, it says everyone who asks. So ask and maybe it will strengthen and give life to your faith whether it's old or new or young. You might be like, well, what if, what if you've committed, what if you've got a really bad past with a lot of sin? But what does it say? It says everyone. And what do you think, I mean, the book ends with Jesus dying on the cross. He died to cover that stuff and forgive that sin. It says everyone because it's open for everyone. You might be like, well, what about if, you? I mean, you just sinned this morning. Like, do you think he can't cover present sins? It says everyone, and this is probably what you should be asking about, present sins. Ask, seek, and knock about present sins. Ask him for help. What about you like, oh, you know, I'm probably going to fall into this again in the future. Right, ask, seek, and knock about that. It says everyone, everyone. You might be like, well, what if you don't know how to pray? The good thing is the Holy Spirit interprets our prayers. We learned that in Romans chapter 8. And he groans along with us when we're praying. And, and like I don't know what your little kids are like, but when, when I had little kids, they didn't screen their requests. Because this is this a good thing to ask for or a bad thing? They just asked. And Jesus says, if... If you can screen requests, you know, if you can give them the right answers, how much more your Father who is in heaven? Just ask. You might be like, well, I don't know how to pray. You might be like, I quit praying a long time ago. And I don't think I can, you know, like God and I, we're probably not on speaking terms. Like I, it says everyone, start asking. Ask for forgiveness and ask for faith. What if you're like, I don't know, man, I'm not very smart, I don't really know my Bible, and I don't know what to ask for. What does it say? It says everyone, everyone who asks, receives. So ask, ask, seek, and knock. I think the first reason I struggle with prayer is I struggle to believe this. I, I struggle to believe that if I ask, he'll give it to me. If I seek, I'll find it. 
if I knock, it will be open to me. I, I'm just, just telling you, I mean, I struggle with that. The second reason I struggle with this is because of what Jesus has already said in the Sermon on the Mount. He's already told us that the Father knows what we need before we ask him. So we're not supposed to be like the pagans that try to manipulate him. And so we keep on praying the same thing in the same way with the same words over and over and over and over and over again, thinking that we can manipulate God, be God of God, and tell God what to do and make God do what we want. And so I struggle, number one, to believe that God will answer. Number two, I struggle because I'm like, what's the point? He already knows what I need. Jesus doesn't say this just once. He says it twice. He says this again when he's talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And right before that, he says, don't be like the pagans who chase after all these things because your father knows what you need. He, I mean, he knows what you need before, before you even ask. So, what we need to do is keep on asking, believing that God knows what we need before we ask him. And so, what we, I think if I'm, if I'm um, understanding the Sermon on the Mount correctly, when I try to answer the question, why would we keep on praying when we already know that God knows what we need before we ask him? How would you answer that question? I think, I think for me, it kind of goes back to Matthew chapter 5. All the way back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Where Jesus begins his, the story of repentance. Where we go from living a my will be done life to a your will be done life. With the Beatitudes. He begins that with, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think when we're asking, when we're seeking, when we're knocking, that is an attitude of being poor in spirit, saying, God, I need your help with this. 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 It's when we keep on asking and keep on seeking and keep on knocking, it it reminds us and it shows God that we are poor in spirit and we know that we need help. So I'd put this like this, ask, seek, and knock again. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. The Apostle Paul, who wrote many of the letters in the New Testament, was being afflicted by a thorn in the flesh. And we just know it was a messenger from Satan. We don't know if it was a person or if it was a demon. But he talked about it like this, this terrible thing in his side. And it says three times he asked God to take it away. And when I imagine the Apostle Paul praying, I don't imagine it was like, hey, can you take this away? And then just kind of go on with life. And oh yeah, I should pray about that again. I imagine fasting and prayer and seasons of crying out to God. And he just walks around in pain and suffering and like, I don't know what to do. Or temptation, I don't know what it was, but it was awful. Three times he asked, God finally, he and God finally come to an understanding where God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. 
And Paul says, so I rejoice all the more gladly in my weakness, for when I am weak, he is strong. It's just this attitude of, I will show my dependence by continuing to ask, continuing to seek, continuing to knock, and trusting him with the answer. So, so what should we do? Once we've asked, seek, and knock, we keep on doing it, what do we do next? So let's see if you can fill in this blank with me. So this guy writes, um, this is one of my favorite Old Testament scholars. He wrote a commentary on James, and on that verse in James chapter 4, verse 2, I, I believe it's chapter 4, verse 2, where it says, We have not because we ask not. He wrote this, If I believe God would give an unqualified yes every time I ask, I would, do you, how would you think he would fill that in? Would you say, I'd ask all the time for everything? God, give me a great parking spot. Bam, I got it. God, fill up my cart with free groceries. Bam, I got it. God, pay my mortgage off. Bam, pay it off. You know, like, is that, so, so you just ask for stuff all day long, right? This guy says, if I believe God would give an unqualified yes, every time I ask, I would never ask again. Now, why is that? Because, we don't know the implications of what we're asking for most of the time. I'm not a big Garth Brooks fan. I, I don't think of him as an awesome theologian most of the time. But he does have a song that I appreciate, and it's Sometimes I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. And he's Looking at prayers, he prayed, and he's like, I'm so glad that God did not answer that prayer because God had a much better plan in mind than I ever could have guessed. If Garth Brooks can figure that out, how much more should you and I be able to figure that out? So we trust God with the answer. So, Another, this, this guy is a not, whoever, or this gal, whoever it is, they're anonymous. They write, I asked for strength that I might achieve, but he made me weak that I might obey. I asked for health that I might do great things. He gave me grace that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. He did not give them so that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. And I was given weakness that I might feel in need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. And I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I received very few of the things that I asked for. But I received all the things that I hoped for. He knows what we need. So we can ask with confidence. He knows what we need, so we don't have to screen our requests. We can pray the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name in this, God. God, here's what I think I need. But hallowed be your name. You know, you answer how you, I trust you with the answer. God, here's what I want for them. But your kingdom come. 
God, here's this situation that I don't know what to do with. This is what I think, but your will be done. And we don't have to just sweat and worry about that and be afraid that God is going to zap us with a gotcha answer. He loves you. And he's working out his good plan. I know that because of what Jesus did on the cross. So the same Apostle Paul that wrote how he would be content with weakness and suffering because when he was weak, God was strong. He's able to lean into God. That same Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Rome. After talking and describing God's salvation, he wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, but he who did not spare his own son. Okay, don't run by that. Look of Jesus hanging on the cross. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. But he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, allowed him to come and die and rise. How will he not also, with Jesus, graciously give us all things? How will he not also, with him, graciously give us all things? Do you think he's going to withhold something good from you when he gave you his only son? Do you think that he is going to try to give you a gotcha gift or a gotcha answer to prayer or complain about being generous to you? When he gave us Jesus to die on the cross for our sins? The answer is, of course not. If he gave us Christ, will he not also give us all things? So, please, ask. Ask and trust that he will give us what is right, that he will give us what we need, that he will give us good gifts when the time is right. So, back to where we started. I will keep on praying about what is God calling you to keep on praying about? Is it something you're stuck in? Is it someone you're concerned for? Is it something that you need? Ask. Keep on asking. Ask again and again. And trust him with the answer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you walk with us through our darkest, hardest times. And that you answer our prayers in a way that is good, in a way that is kind, in a way that is wise. Lord, help us trust you enough to keep on asking. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.